You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 62. So I have something exciting and new to share with you today. I have a free masterclass on pitching, and I want to invite you to it. During this jam-packed masterclass, you get access to my five steps for helping bloggers and influencers like you land paid brand collaborations, media coverage, and negotiate better deals. This free masterclass gives you the confidence, email sample copy, negotiation skills, and actual rate tips that you can start charging for blogs, social media posts, YouTube videos, or however you want to best give content to your hard-earned audience. It is the fastest way you can get paid for your influence, hands down. And by linking arms to join me in the masterclass as I spill my secrets, puts you in the same crew with influencers just like Peyton Baxter, who used these strategies in her first year of blogging to explode her Instagram following from 7,000 to 40,000, generate upwards of four to 5,000 a month on brand deals, and even DIY negotiate a $5,500 brand deal with her dream company. Another podcast listener, Elle Valera, said that since listening to the free masterclass, she already landed $1,100 in events, hosting, and sponsorships in less than a month. So if you've ever felt like you maybe could muster up the courage to hit send on an email pitch to a brand, you really will not want to miss this masterclass. You can sign up at pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar. Again, that's pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, and that is Mascara Mama. And she says, a million times, thank you. Julie and all of her guests bring so much knowledge and inspiration to each episode. Last week's episode with Amanda Boylan touched me so deeply, and I was almost late to work because I didn't want to stop listening. If there were ever a resource for people working a side hustle, Julie has defined it. I cannot thank her enough for being such a light for her listeners. Thank you for inspiring me and helping me to truly find my purpose and giving me lots of good books to add to my reading list. Well, thank you, Mascara Mama. I'm so excited that you have loved being part of this community. You have found amazing new people that inspire you, and you are loving the episodes. And of course, I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week, so make sure to subscribe to the Influencer Podcast on iTunes, give us a review so I can highlight your review in an upcoming episode. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story at Joel Solomon and hashtag the influencer podcast to let me know that you're joining in today as you know that I love to share those screenshots on my story too. Okay, influencers, let's get into things, shall we? This week's show flew by for me because it was such a beautiful conversation with my self-positivity sister, Alex Michael May. For anyone in the space who is also into spreading light and love and joy to their community and energy flow, you are absolutely going to love this woman. From books that have inspired her to being unapologetic, it's a conversation that seriously made my soul happy. I am so glad that our dear friend Puno connected us and proud to be in the same industry as this woman. We also get down to business by touching on long-term strategy goals and growth, and it is such an awesome show. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. 
Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hello, influencers, and welcome to this week's episode. If you've seen this week's guest on social media, then I don't need to tell you what a ray of sunshine she is. Not only stunning and warm on the outside, I mean, obviously, her Instagram feed is like a happiness boost, she's also just as beautiful on the inside. A self-embodied positive influencer, Alex Michael May has gained serious traction in the blogging space by doing one thing, being herself. She's an ambassador for Rachel Roy and has worked with brands like ASOS, Nordstrom, and Lane Bryant on campaigns like Hashtag Size Yes with Old Navy and was named a woman to watch by Glitter Guide. She's also a regular on inspiring panels and conferences like Create Cultivate, Wild Hearts, and the Yellow Conference. Basically, everyone wants to have this girl as part of their brand or business because she's that fabulous. And here at the Influencer Podcast, we are no different. With incredible fashion sense, a down-to-earth personality, and such a breath of fresh air in the influencer space, it's an honor to welcome Alex Michael May to the show today. I know it's going to be a fabulous one. Hello, Alex. I'm so excited to have you here today. And first, do you go by Alex Michael or Alex? I go by Alex. Um, Yeah, it's a funny story why I go by Alex Michael May, but it's my middle name. So Alex will do just fine. Okay, well, we can chat about that funny story today because it may kind of segue into the first question I really had for you, which was, um, I know that you have this beautiful persona and just this lovely online brand of kind of being everyone's virtual BFF. And I would love to kind of talk about how this came about and really your journey from where you started to being this just amazing, supportive, beautiful online influencer that you are today. Yeah. Where to begin? Um, I've been working lightly in the social media realm since about 2006 or seven. So it's been quite a while. Um, And I've dipped my toes in different areas um, at one point, even managing multiple social media platforms for clients and having a little agency that I ran, but I've really only emerged doing it under my own name and in this way in about the last year and a half. And what does this way mean to you when you say in this way, what, um, how, how has that evolved into the business and brand that you own now? So, um, previously I was working behind the scenes. So I'm a creative director by trade and I ended up doing that through a series of random circumstances. Um, I'd moved to LA to do copywriting and pursue improv comedy. And I ended up working for a blogger and Instagram was just kind of coming out at that time. And, um, I was doing prop styling on the side just through happenstance, a family that I needed for the mom worked for Disney and I'd bring the baby on set and the, uh, art director and prop stylist there kind of saw that I had an interest. So they let me come on set and they ended up hiring me. So I started doing prop styling, which led to creative direction. So I was working for a blogger. I never really imagined I'd do it for myself. I always knew that I wanted to. I just didn't think that I could. And um, I think in the last year and a half, I've obviously proved that wrong and kind of come on a whole new journey, which has been really cool. So now I get to be my own personality and do this for myself, which has been quite a shift from being behind the scenes for so long. And what made you, what was that belief um, that you had that you couldn't do it? Where did that come from? I felt like you had to be a certain type to be successful. I think I had just seen, you know, um, one type of 
kind of beauty and one type of, I guess, blogger that seemed to be successful. And that, you know, archetype was thin, beautiful, um, stylish. Uh, I just, I didn't feel any of those things. Mm. And I'd had, you know, issues with body confidence and just with self-confidence for so long. I mean, it's been a lifelong journey just getting to the point where I felt comfortable being seen. I think the main problem was I didn't feel worthy of being seen and I didn't feel comfortable being seen. And so if I couldn't be seen, clearly I couldn't be in front of the camera. It just felt like there was no place for me. Mm. And I love that you, instead of just kind of continuing to live with that, you know, kind of that limiting belief and, and really, you know, it's kind of like this false belief that you made up. And instead of just continuing to live with that, you kind of saw something that wasn't in the space and you created it yourself. You know, you didn't see a reflection of who you were. And so you were able to manifest that. And um, how do you think that coming from that place of authenticity and kind of seeing something that you felt was not really there or represented in a way that you could connect with it. How was you being able to make that connection and you create that? Um, how do you think that that helps support the audience and the community that you have now? I think they can hopefully feel that it is very authentic to me. When I started posting photos of myself, it was such a um, I'm trying to think of what the word is. It was such a, like, so daring for me. It was very brave. That was my tiny step of bravery. And so I think being out there, being seen, putting yourself out there is something that a lot of people feel uncomfortable with. And I think that that carries over into any person's life, whether they don't feel comfortable asking for a raise at work or even going for that job or, talking to that person they're interested in, or even wearing a bright colored sweater. I think there's so many ways that that can translate. And so I think that just by being daring and unapologetic in what I do and what I believe in, I think that that really resonates with people. And I've had conversations with people that speak to that. And I kind of think just by living this truth for myself and figuring this out and bringing them along on the journey, instead of like, Hey, here's the destination. I'm everything's perfect. And life is awesome. I think I think people really react well to that because it's so different from a lot of the things that are out there right now. Yeah. And I love that you were able to just kind of see that and say, you know what, like, instead of being scared, like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do it and just kind of see what happens, you know, and see who connects. Did you see an immediate connection with people? Did you see people really yearning and longing for the con for the kind of content that you create and really the kind of image that you create and that you, um, the mission that you have, did you see that immediately take hold? Unbelievably so. So I, before this, I probably had, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I want to say anywhere from up to 15 or so thousand followers on Instagram, just because of my work with bloggers and my work doing, um, creative direction and, prop styling and stuff like that, just sharing my work and being, I think, an early user without putting a ton of effort into it kind of just happened that way. Um, but as soon as I switched gears, and as I said, it's only been about a year and a half, I am now up to um, almost 42,000. So it jumped really significantly in the past year. And I feel that it's just because I locked into who I am and just learned to share that authenticity. So I posted, I think the first time I was brave enough to post a photo of myself was in, I want to say October or November. And a, a mutual friend of ours, Puno, actually, I was with her that weekend and she really encouraged me. And she just said, you know what? Like, why can't you do this? 
there's no rules. Like just, you're so stylish. You enjoy fashion. Why can't you just have fun with it? And it really changed my thinking. I didn't really know much about the body positive movement or anything that was going on. I think I followed a select number of people and I kind of had this idea that there was only one standard of beauty out there. And, um, within one month of just sharing photos, just having fun with it and turning the camera on myself and using some body positive hashtags and just sharing style. I wasn't even wearing stylish clothes until that point either. I, it was everything changed at that point. So mm-hmm. within a month, I already had a campaign, which yeah. was pretty crazy. That is crazy. Well, I just think it's too, because you just came from such an honest place. And I know that speaking of campaigns, I know that you said that you've worked with a lot of plus brands and that you are body positive, but you don't really see yourself or think that you fall solely within either of those categories. What category, if any, do you feel that you fall under? Maybe we should make a new category today. I like that. I I love body positivity, but I feel like it's created a connotation that it's like large and in charge or plus size or any number of things. For me, body positivity is loving your body no matter where it is, treating it right and living your best life no matter where you are. That could be you don't like your hair or you have a gap between your teeth that you never liked and you couldn't see as beautiful or you're short or you're tall or you're you know, thin or your plus size, it can be anything. I think, um, I just think it has this connotation and the same with plus. Um, I wish that lines were inclusive and that fashion was more inclusive. Um, and it wasn't as segregated and separated, but that's, I understand that for SEO purposes and just for differentiation and people being able to find what they need to find, it does make sense. But as far as labels go, I guess, Well, I don't know. We need to make up a hybrid word or something, Julie. What do you think? I mean, I don't even know if you need to be put in a category or box. I mean, if you're not like, you know, if it's not in line, like it could just be like, you know, you're. I feel like it's just self-positive, like self-love. I I love that. Is that. I like that one. That's a good one. Light. I think just light, like light. I don't know. Something about something about spreading light and being light and and just treating everyone you meet without respect and seeing beauty in others and in yourself. Mm. Well, speaking of beauty, you do have such a beautiful brand. I love your Instagram feed. You're so photogenic. Your color choices are so eye-catching and dynamic. And you really know how to nurture your community and show them so much of your personality through your style, which I love. And I know that you are an ambassador for Rachel Worry, and you've recently, you know, been a part of the Size Yes campaign with Old Navy. You've also collaborated, I mean, with so many, with Aerie, ASOS, Lane Bryant, Nordstrom, Alme. You've spoken at Create Cultivate pop-ups with Aerie. You've spoke at the Wild Hearts Conference, the Yellow Conference. You've done so many panels. You've been able to really be a voice to so many women to look up to you and to hear your message through these campaigns and through these conferences. Um, but I know that you didn't always feel like you had a voice, as you mentioned earlier, that um, that was your biggest kind of challenge to overcome that. And you kind of kept playing small. Do you feel like the more that you show up now in the world, because I know that you said for so long you didn't show up, do you feel like it makes it easier and it makes it more comfortable? Or do you still have, do you just, or have you just kind of learned to like work around the comfort? I think on one level, I knew that I was supposed to be doing this. It's this strange thing where you feel like you're supposed to do something, but you feel like you're, you can't that Mm. you're incapable of it. Mm. So I feel like, honestly, every time I do something, I'm terrified. 
And I kind of just show up and hope for the best. Um, especially I remember being on set with old Navy and I was so nervous. It was the biggest crew I'd ever been on set with on that side of the camera. And I just remember thinking like, all I can do is all I can do. And I try to focus on not just the job at hand and what I'm doing, but why I'm there. And that's really shifts things for me constantly. In fact, this was a shifting point for me, even just yesterday with something I was working on where it's like, I try to remember that I'm not doing this for myself or to look good or any of these things. I'm truly doing it for the one person that it affects. So the one person that it speaks to, and I just try to remember that I'm not here, you know, to bring glory to myself or, you know, obviously I want to do every job to my best ability and make the brands happy, but the overarching point. So I was trying to remember on set, like talking to people, having conversations with people, um, connecting with people. It's more than just showing up and looking good. And the more in your head you are, and the more you can kind of, I think, put that energy out there and focus on something other than you or focus on the deeper reason why you're doing something. I think that that's, what's really helped me not worry about it. And then every time it's over, I tell myself, Hey, you survived that. And now this is another, you know, feather in your proverbial cap of experiences or empathy or whatever it is that you learned. And I try to just take it one step at a time that way. And if I think too much about it, I definitely get in my own head. So I think it's just, it's a skill. I don't think anybody's born just cruising through it. If you are, maybe you're kind of missing something. Mm, I love that. That's such a great way to look at it. Um, or you could just not be open to kind of receiving, you know, right. Definitely. What's in front of I you. find when I'm in my own head, I'm not present. And then I've kind of missed experiences and that has happened before where I feel insecure. And then that just cycles in my head over and over. And it actually robs the experience of the joy connecting with, you know, all of the amazing people there. And I'm sure you can attest to this, that everything that happens is from work you've done or people that, you know, for sure. So that's pretty much, you know, everything that it takes for this business, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's um, all relationships and connection and, and, you know, and being present in those moments. I mean, how many times have we, I mean, I think that we're, I love that you just touched on that because it, when you do get in your own head of your own insecurities, it's like, I've been in those moments and it's like, I literally just spent this past hour being in my own head, not even being grateful for this opportunity or for this potential experience that like life was trying to give me because I was over here like making it about me and like being, you know, bad, you know, down on myself and like low on my confidence levels. And now the amazing experience is over and I'm, I've just missed the whole thing. I mean, that has happened. I can count three on my hand right now that recently, you know, it definitely happens. And you have the opportunity to shift yourself out of that mindset by remembering, you know, halfway through hopefully or, or sooner than that, or just going into it and remembering that I think, if you're going into something big, even creating some kind of little ritual where you're just have some time where you're grateful and maybe a little still and you go into it with intentionality and not just kind of like rushing into it like a like, you know, I don't know what the word is like barreling into it and kind of just reacting. Mm, I love that. And just kind of remembering like, you know, I'm here for a reason. You know, this is an opportunity this is a learning experience. What can I learn from this? What can I take away from this? All of all of that good stuff is definitely it does. It puts you in a good mindset. Um, it's a good strategy um, to kind of ease, you know, ease you into that. Um, and I, I wanted to actually talk to you about strategy because um, I know that you mentioned to me prior to this call that you believed that not having a long term strategy 
for your brand can be a major mistake that online entrepreneurs, influencers can make. So how do you create a long-term strategy for yourself? Do you have books or leaders or mentors that you go to to kind of help you map this out? Or is it more of a trial and error for you or a mix of both? Uh, I think both. Um, I think it's so, so important to have an inner compass or a driving force. If you don't truly believe and love what you do every day and get something out of it that other than, you know, money or immediate gratification, or, you know, if you're doing it just to seek validation, I think it can be dangerous. So I think it's really important to start with a why, which actually is one of the books that I love. Um, it's called, uh, start with why are you familiar with it? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. So it's a great book and, um, it just kind of talks about why you do what you do. And then when you come from that place of, of knowing why you do what you do, it makes every other decision so much easier. Um, I also love essentialism by, uh, Greg McEwen. I should have these books like up on my thing. Um, but it's also a great book and it kind of talks about doing what's essential, um, and not worrying about all the other stuff. So I think both of those have been really helpful for me. Um, I'm just going to rattle off 90,000 books. I have two more. Can I do two more? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, obviously, I think a cult classic, I mean, it's not a classic, but like a cult favorite in the last couple of years has been Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. Mm, yeah. That is one of my absolute favorite books. And uh, uh, Austin Kleon has another one called Steal Like an Artist. Mm, I haven't heard of that one. That's amazing. And it's basically saying that there's nothing new under the sun. And when you realize that fact that everything's kind of a remix, obviously attribution is at play and, and whatever. But I think we put this pressure on ourselves to be so original and groundbreaking. And in reality, you just need to do you and the way that you do it's not going to be like how anyone else does it. So um, all of those kind of combined for me to just realize that, I mean, history already has shown in the short you know, amount of time I've been doing this that nothing has worked until I was myself mm. and nothing was sustainable until I was myself. And why would you want to build a brand or build something on, on, you know, a platform or a foundation that is shaky or that you, you built, that's not even really who you are, that's bound to crumble or that you'll be miserable with and you're stuck with down the line. So I think in that way, having some kind of focus of where you want to be or what you want your life to look like is a great way to start. So knowing that, okay, maybe I don't want a giant team. Maybe I want to work with people one-on-one. -on -one. Maybe I, maybe I do want to travel and I don't want to be, you know, stuck to one place or a mortgage or anything. Kind of having an idea of what you want your life to look like in addition to who you are, I think is a great place to start. I love that. Thank you so much for that just amazing, like pathway to get there. That was so beautiful and insightful. And I think that it's, it's a fantastic takeaway. Um, I can I I just say that. one more thing on that then? Yes, please. <laughs> I mean, it's truly not like, a, you know, a math formula, but I think you figure out your formula. So if you can kind of write down, I mean, there's so many awesome books for this. You know, another one is, um, gosh, what is it? Um, man, I'm blanking. I will bring it up later. Um, it's, it's kind of like a mind mapping exercise, the desire map. I'm sure you mm. know the desire map. I've heard of it, but I haven't done it either. I love this. Okay. So that's another book and it's, really awesome. Um, it's by Daniel Laporte, I believe. Is yes. I love her. Yeah. She's yeah, she's fantastic. 
So that's another one. So it's kind of just creating a little pathway for yourself. And there's this, you know, Harvard study that says if you write down your goals, you are exponentially more likely to achieve them. And they actually tracked graduates who wrote down their goals and who didn't, the salaries that were higher and what they achieved. And it seems like, oh, duh, like that seems like something that's not necessarily concrete, but it really does work. And I found that writing short-term goals or at least writing what your brand mission statement is, who you are, you know, up to like your ideal customer avatar, any of that, it really helps you make decisions. For example, recently I was um, asked to work with a brand. I was so, so excited about it, but I realized that their brand messaging really wasn't in line with mine, even though they were a goal of mine in that they were really, really high end. And they seemed like kind of like, oh, you've made it status goals kind of thing. I realized that I've built a brand on being approachable and I don't believe that things should be exclusive. I I believe that things should be inclusive. So, you know, just because I want this personal experience doesn't, it could alienate my audience and that's not what I'm really about. So I knew by knowing that I'm your virtual BFF and that that's kind of my platform, I knew that that partnership wasn't right for me as attractive as it sounded. And I think every next right step will lead you there. So you don't need to worry about the whole crazy plan, but you need to have some kind of a foundation that can lead you. It's kind of like in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like the good egg, bad egg, little gold, like thing. Um, You know, you'll be able to weigh in on every decision and everything and you'll know what's right or wrong. And I love that you just used Willy Wonka as a reference because it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh my there's gosh, like yes. so much goodness in there. Um, so good. But yeah, and that's, I just, there's so many great moments there that you just, you know, of just the experience and, and really the, the intuitivity of it, you know, really listening to yourself and, um, and, and knowing what is right for you, what's aligned for you at the end of the day. Yes, it's definitely. It's super important. Um, and that's one, something that comes with practice too, you know, it for sure. I mean, you know, it does, it's, 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 that's how you learn yourself, you know, and learn what feels in line and asking those questions and journaling and really being still, you know, and just like being present and just taking that moment for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, one more strategy that you had told me that you did try when you were navigating those things, like we just said, that did not work out for you was the robot followers. I would love to hear about your experience with robots, bots, um, if you're willing to share, because not a lot of people are willing to share, you know, if they've gone down that road, like what was, yes, (laughs) what was that experience like? And what you learned, you know, uh, just about trying that? Absolutely. I mean, I try to be an open book. I know, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, of course it's tricky and people don't want to, um, think people to think that their brand isn't based on whatever, but I encourage anyone to run, you know, my numbers or whatever. It's, it's all, it's all real, but I definitely fell prey to a couple different shenanigans actually, uh, earlier on. So yeah, I mean, I'll talk about my experience. So, um, I think at the time it was called Instagress. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. So, um, it was super affordable. And yes. I and every, started, I, mean, I feel like everyone used that. Like I oh, used it did. like all of my, yeah. Like every influencer that I know at least tried that. Like as a, it, it was think, probably like 18 months ago, two years ago. It was like, totally. yeah, like let's, a couple years at least. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't even like, I didn't even, I don't even think the whole like robot bot 
like that term was even used around. It was kind of just like, hey, we found this new like platform called Instagram to help us be able to engage with people more. And it was like, oh, cool, let's do it. You know, it's like no, nobody really knew like what like what it was at the time. Definitely. So I, I never used it to follow or unfollow, but I did use it to comment and like things. Um, and I think it would comment like an emoji or something, but I definitely use it to like based on hashtags or followers of certain people. And, um, when I first started, it was something, I don't remember how I got into it, but it was through something running a client account or something like that. And so I tested it on myself first before I put my client accounts on it. And, um, and of course I was interested in just seeing what it did. And it never really occurred to me that it was disingenuous or anything because it was already, it was finding things that I already would have found through certain hashtags. And, um, at first it didn't seem too bad. So I would, I would like something, I would check my history and, and then I would go through to actually engage. And if people came to me and engaged back, I actually ended up, you know, forming some relationships with that. And it, and it seemed okay as long as you use it the right way, which is not running at 24 seven. And there was, you know, certain, there were so many different ways that you could time it and run it. And it was very customizable, but uh, I got a DM from a follower who said, Hey, you might want to check out what you're liking. And, um, I liked something super inappropriate. There was some kind of like, you know, like, I don't even know, pornographic spam of some sort out there. And I had liked it. You were like, I'm liking this. And you're like, what? I was like, I was like, so what if I do like it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I was like, it it shocked me. And I obviously unliked it, reported that account, but it kind of scared me. Um, and then I was kind of weary of it. So then, oh my gosh, I also got roped into something else. Uh, it was it was like an account management thing where they were supposed to like help you figure out your ideal audience. You took all these classes and then they like would do, they ran the software, which I guess was similar to botting because it happened again. It happened twice. And oh, I bummer, because that one you thought was like legit, like getting the support that you needed. That's what I thought. And it was very expensive. And you took all these classes about figuring out what your brand was and, you know, the difference between um, like serotonin and like the different kinds of content. It was very it seemed very legitimate to me. And I think I was really looking to build a strategy and grow and and build a long term brand. And so they really weighed in on what kind of content you did. You had like a one on one person that was your um, guide and what, I don't know, like your liaison or your agent or whatever. And I thought that that would be something cool to try too. So yeah. And the same thing happened again. And I realized that they really just kind of turned on, they probably used Instagram. They turned on the same software and it was even less, uh, cause I didn't have control over it. It was even less, you know, tailored. And I found that I was growing in, in audience. Um, but it was all, you know, Middle Eastern men, and people that absolutely didn't seem to line up with my brand. So stop that as well. And I think just, you know, thinking about and following it, it's just not, I, I mean, I did have a couple people that came through that I was grateful came through like a couple followers that I still talk to today that have said like, we're so glad we found you and that's how they found me. So I can't say that it was completely a wash, but I will say that it's not, not the best method. And I now see that, you know, it could be conceived as disingenuous. And I think now things are different, even the last two years, I feel like they're even more saturated and more whatever. And so I think it's really important to say, yes, I did that because 
you know, it's, if that's not authentic, that's not on brand for me, I, I shouldn't be doing it. And, and I just don't think that people should try these like get rich quick tactics. And I think anymore, which I'm interested in your opinion on this, that, you know, micro influence is a thing and, um, you know, audience concentrated audiences are really a thing. And I just feel like, I don't know if it's for you, it's for you. And that, you know, not like instantly having a ton of followers isn't going to bring you the work that you want necessarily. It's really just a means to an end. And if it's not real, it's kind of a waste of time. Uh, Totally. And the way that I kind of look at it too, that it's like, you know, now, now two years later, it's like people shouldn't be doing that because we had to do that and like learn from the mistakes and like deal with all of that. So like the people that came after us shouldn't have to, you know, it's, it's to me, it's, it's part of the evolution of this industry, right? Um, just like with any industry, I mean, the way that traditional advertising ran in the 1950s is not the way that it runs now because it's evolved. So the way that, you know, we bloggers and influencers who were doing this two years ago, three years ago, seven years ago, were doing it. Shouldn't necessarily be the same way that people, are doing it now because it should have evolved to a certain degree. There may be some strategies and foundation that, of course, is is the same. But um, you know, like you said, the get the get quick, you know, get rich quick kind of things are, you know, luckily people won't have to go down those roads because we had to go down those roads for them. Definitely, you know, which is great. Um, but I, you know, I agree with you. I, I think that it really is about about just serving the platform that you already have. Because they will do the work for you. They will do the the organic Instagressing for you. They will share. They will like. They will comment. They will tell their audiences and their friends and their family and their brunch dates with their girlfriends how amazing you are. That you know you won't you won't need to do any of it if you just really focus on the community that you already have and the platform that you have already have. I don't care if it's five people or if it's five million people. And so, yeah, that's, that's really how I've always kind of, you know, I used to not do that. And that's when I wasn't growing. And that's when my, you know, my, my brand and my mission was, was confusing and all over the place. And, and, and I felt kind of spiritually bankrupt in this industry because I just, I didn't have a vision. And then when I really started honing in on my community and what their true needs were and really trying to serve that up is when, you know, things were able to shift for me because I was able to show up in a more authentic way and really do what I do best, which I think you've also attested to with, with your growth, um, as organic as it's been since, you know, you've really started showing up in your most authentic way. Um, so there is a lot to be said by that. And I know that a lot of people love to eye roll the authenticity or try to bypass it. But to me, I'm like, if you're eye rolling it, it's because you're feeling resistance around it. So why are you feeling resistance around authenticity? Is it because you find it confusing? You don't know what that means. You can't figure it out because if, if that's the case then that's fine, don't shame yourself or judge yourself for it, but start looking for resources and, and help and mentors that can guide you to what authenticity is for you. Um, that's, you know, that's a big thing that a lot of people are like, I'm so tired of people telling me to be authentic because I'm being authentic and nothing's changing. And I'm like, well, then you're, you're clearly not being or or what you think is authentic is, is not resonating to your community and to your audience. Um, so to me, I always, whenever I start to judge something or judge myself, I, I have to remind myself, why am I doing this? Like, why am I eye rolling this? Why am I judging this? I must have some sort of resistance around it. And what is that? Because that's where you're going to get to the root 
Um, so true. I, I think that can be applied to life. I think the same thing when you meet someone you have resistance around, it's either they reflect something about you that makes you uncomfortable or, or a fear that you have. And I think the same is true for anything like that, that whenever there's resistance, you need to get to the root of that and figure out what, what's causing that because that's where the answer is. Yeah. It's like, you know, this, yeah, like you said, this person's making me feel resistance. Well, why is it? Because, you know, I, I aspire to be that and I don't think that I'm enough to get there or I see, you know, it's a mirror of something, you know, it's, it's always something, but that's why I love, um, Glennon Doyle Melton always says this. She says, um, tell me who you're envious of and I'll tell you what you should be doing. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Which is so amazing. Cause it's like, you know, tell me who you're so like flipping jealous of and envious of, because to me, all that's telling me is like, you want to be doing that. And if you spot it, you got it, right? So it's like if you're seeing that in someone else, then you know it's capable because you see it to be true. It's when we can't even see it that that's when we have the problems. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I can't see what that vision would look like. But if you see it in other people, even if you're envious of them, like that's a very honest feeling that may come up. But you can, you can work around that. Well, why am I envious of this? Well, it's probably because I wish that I could be doing that in, in some capacity or in some way. Um, so just definitely seeing that as is. Yeah. I feel like that it can also be carried over into kind of gauging. Yeah. So I have like two thoughts on that. If I can just expand, I totally, I love that so much. I have found that there are people who I feel that way about that. I just feel like envious. It's like an envy of like, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I create that? Like, Mm -hmm. it's like a, like a beautiful jealousy where it's like, Oh, it's so amazing. Why didn't I think of that? Or why didn't I do that? Or why can't I be more like that? Um, and I have found there have been certain times where I felt that way about somebody and then I'll come back to them a year or two later and I don't feel that way anymore. And it's like because I have locked into my own thing mm-hmm. and and it's like interesting. You can kind of measure your growth by by those. You know what I mean? It's like not like you've surpassed them, but you figured out your own version of that or something that it's become less charged. Yeah. And in that way, I feel like also, if you're so locked into your own thing, if your eyes are on your own paper, if you're in your own lane, there isn't as much room to look around and compare because you're so on your own journey. So I think it's kind of twofold in that way. Like part of it could just be growth. And then part of it really could just be you're satisfied and content with what you're doing. And you feel really empowered by that journey so that you don't feel the need to compare. Absolutely. And like, you know, from like a frequency perspective, like we're, we're only allow allotted like a certain amount of energy, you know, each day, right, that we can either consume or like, or like create out into the world. And so for me, you know, why do I why would I want to be either consuming or creating an energy that was only that, that was not going to, to 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 help me get to that next level and to help me serve to my greatest capacity. So nowadays, I'll I'll have people, and you may even get this question too, um, from from you know people that may be starting out or people that are just curious that they're like you know well, you know, does it bother you when people unfollow you or or what if people you know don't understand this or what if someone doesn't do this or what if your Instagram's not growing you know what do you, and I just my my kind of response is always like. I just, I don't care because I'm not focusing on those things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to focus on how I can, 
you know, serve my platform and how I can grow and the, and the new things that I can learn. And of course, I'm listening to feedback and taking those things in because I, th- I think that that's super important, really listening to your community and what their thoughts and feelings and ideas are, because that's only going to help grow the, the collective community, right? But those Definitely. other things that I can't control, like I can't control if someone follows me or unfollows me. I really, at the end of the day, can't control how many followers I have. I can't control how many people listen to my podcast or enroll in a program that I may be offering or want to join, uh, you know, a, a meetup that I may do or respond to an email. I can't control any of that. So why am I going to, that, that barometer of energy that I have each day, should I either use that energy for a force of good and of service and kind of focusing on the things that I do to some capacity have some type of management over, or should I use it all to focus on things that I just really have no control over at the end of the day. So a a lot of it for me really stems back to that, like just letting go of of the things that I really can't control. And once you're able to let that go, then what comes for me after that is just like not minding. Like I just, I I don't care either way because I, it's just not in my, in my frequency at that point. Totally. I love that so much. And I think that that is so, so true. It's that, you know, why focus on the things that you can't control? You can focus on things that you can control, but agree. It's just a waste of energy. And that is just beautiful. And I am going to save that one for later. Well, yeah, well, and I'm just coming up because it, it just what you just said, we kind of reminded me of that. You know, it's like you can control the content that you create, right, Alex, you can control the clothes that you wear. And to some degree, the way that your photos may look, I mean, you're a creative director, so that's going to come to you naturally. But you can't control how many people like it. But you, you know, so, so you're, it's better for you to probably focus on, you know, the creative and the content and what it looks like visually and how it's going to serve up and inspire your community to the best. And then if they take it, they take it. And if they don't, then they don't, but at least you created it. And at least you put your energy there. Like, that's just how I always look at it. Exactly. It's yours until it's out there and then Mm -hmm. it's no longer yours. And then you've done what you can do and and that's all you can do. Yep. I know Oprah always says that, like, even with things that you wish for or long for, it's like, you don't want to hold on to it too tightly. You just kind of want to like wish for it, hope for it, and then just kind of like let it go. And then, you know, what is meant to be will, will be with that. I um, love that. And Oprah and Glennon and all the ladies, all the you're sisters, preaching, you're preaching my I language. Know, all the sisters are with us today. Um, well, I know that you're about to get married soon. So congratulations first on that, which is amazing. Thank you. Um, but what else is coming up for you? Um, well, I'm going to my first Coachella this weekend. Fabulous. <laughs> Coachella is, is so much fun. That's going to be so excited. Yeah. Good music this year, too. Yes. Um, and yeah, I just have some really cool partnerships going. I'm trying out signing with a management team for the first time. So that's exciting and scary all at once. I have a really exciting project in the works that I don't think I can talk about quite yet, but if that happens, I feel like it could really change everything. Um, and just kind of, yeah, trying to lock into the next level of what my brand looks like. So I'm trying to bring some things off platform. Uh, off of Instagram and really focus on building an audience elsewhere and um, kind of figuring out how to branch out in other arenas and find, you know, passive income streams and ways to be involved with product and have more conversations with women. Uh, I have the yellow conference coming up in August again, 
and I'm really excited to be emceeing that this year. So that's, that's kind of big. Um, really looking forward to more opportunities. I got to do a, an access Hollywood segment. And so I'm looking forward to some more putting together some more, um, TV opportunities and yeah, things like that. So just kind of trying to take it to the next level. I love that. Will you, I mean, again, like I said earlier, you have such a great just look like visually. I mean, you're, you would be so great. I mean, you're so great on camera. So, I mean, I'm sure that that will translate extremely well. Um, well, I would love, I mean, sorry, no, go ahead. It's just so funny that I felt like that was what I could, that's why I couldn't do it for so long. So anybody who's listening, I just encourage you to lean into who you are. Because one thing that really blows my mind that I've been speaking about a lot and thinking about a lot is that what you perceive to be your biggest liability can really be your biggest asset Mm -hmm. if you let it. And that, you know, these wounds, so perceived wounds that we've been given can really be what set us apart and kind of what make us unique and different. So for me, feeling like I would never fit the mold and having dealt with eating disorders and body dysmorphia and things for so long that I truly just felt like I couldn't do that is actually now the reason why I am. I don't believe that had I tried to do that in a different way, it would have been successful. I feel like it's because I am different and because I'm, you know, timing with the body positive movement and, and plus, you know, the plus industry really growing. I feel like that has been an asset to me. So something that I felt was keeping me from my, you know, quote unquote destiny is actually what propelled it when I stopped resisting and let it. So if you are out there and you feel like there's something within you, it's generally like rooted in shame or something like that. If you can dig that out and bring it to the surface and just let the light hit it, it can be so beautiful. I love that. Thank you for kind of like leaving us on such a beautiful and powerful note. I so appreciate that. Amazing. Um, I, I have a couple more questions um, before we pop off. I would love to know if someone was to describe your Instagram feed to someone who had never seen it before, what do you hope they would say about it? Uh, fun, positive, editorial, colorful, uh, approachable high fashion, 70s vibes, um, like you feel like I'm your best friend just by looking at it and you feel like it's a place where you feel inspired and happy and not, you know, less than or um, any negative feelings that it's just a positive place. I hope I love that good trigger words there. Um, And then what does influence mean to you? I think we all have influence. It's just what you do with your time and energy because everybody has influence over someone else, whether you are a mother or whether you, you know, just the people that you encounter in your daily life, everybody influences somebody. Uh, so I feel like we're all influencers. So I do think it's a little not dangerous to say that. And I understand that it is a term, obviously, that is used to describe people that do that for a living. But um, I think it's somebody who has a great responsibility, and we all do, to um, make sure that the messages that we share are truth and that we are encouraging people in love and not fear. I love that. And lastly, where can everybody find you, connect with you, follow you, 
Yay. All that good stuff. <laughs> um, so I'm Alex Michael May on Instagram, same on Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest. And my website is alexmichaelmay.com. And if you guys want to email me to talk about any of this stuff, I'm alex at alexmichaelmay.com. Awesome. Well, Alex, again, thank you so much for joining us today for your beautiful outlook on life and for the joy that you bring. I am so excited for everyone just to sit with this episode for the rest of their day and just kind of take you along with them today. And and I know that you're going to lift so many people's spirits up. So thank you so much for that. And if you're listening and you want to dive deeper into this conversation, um, make sure to go over to the influencerpodcast.com to the show notes. I'm going to be leaving some great takeaways there as well as all of the links that Alex mentioned today. So you can find her and stalk her and follow her and all of that good stuff. And if you want to dive deeper into this conversation with me and get uh, some more personal takeaways that I only share on the newsletter, you can also sign up for the newsletter at theinfluencerpodcast.com and join our community over there to get that exclusive inside scoop there. So Alex, again, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we were able to finally do this. I know that this one was one kind of in months in the making. So I'm so glad that we finally got some time to be able to connect. And I look forward to seeing you really soon. Yay. Thanks so much for having me. It was so fun. And you're a pro. I just like listening to your voice. It's lovely. (laughs) Thank you. Wanting more insights? Well, good, because more is waiting for you within our Influencer Podcast Facebook group. The group is a fabulous place to dive deeper into each episode with myself and other listeners and to receive exclusive bonuses relating to the show. We'd love to have you there. So visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Influencer Podcast to be a part of this wonderful community. Are you ready to create your own industry-leading influence? For show notes, downloads, and action-based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest, and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.